the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So there's supposed to be a portion of journalism that (laughs) corrects itself when you know you've done something wrong. It's not a fun part of journalism. Uh, I, a time or two in my career, have had to post a correction. Uh, It never undoes the damage because it's always on page two down at the bottom in tiny type because newspapers, like everyone, don't like to admit they're wrong. So we have a lot of journalists today who should be issuing corrections, and none of them are. And I really can't say that I'm surprised that people like Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon and Joy Reid and others, because I don't really consider them journalists. But uh, Jonah Goldberg is a little different. Jonah Goldberg is a guy who um, had mm, a case of Trump derangement syndrome. Not a fatal case, but a case. He kind of fell out of the conservative movement because he, like a lot of the other idiots from the National Review, some of whom I like, I enjoy listening to them. I don't think they're all idiots, but I think some of them are idiots. Who's the new guy? At National Review. He's kind of an idiot. But Jonah Goldberg today tweets this. A whole bunch of tiresome pests are going nuts over a clip of me in 2017, saying that I'll take James Comey's word over Donald Trump's word 10 times out of 10. I agree that Comey looks much worse now than back then, but I think I was justified in saying it then, given what was known and given that the issue was Trump's credibility versus Comey's. And frankly, Trump is still more dishonest than Comey, even if you consider Comey a deeply dishonest person, which I pretty much do. Okay, this is the classic, yeah, I screwed up, yeah, I was wrong, but he's still bad, so my screw-up is forgivable. No, it isn't. It isn't forgivable. You were wrong. Stop there. Any attempt If you apologize and there's a but in the apology, it's not an apology. Jonah Goldberg, until this, I was willing to uh, cut you a little slack. No more slack for you, Jonah. And no slack for the moron in the White House press corps who was on duty over the weekend when Biden rides up on his bike. And they asked this. Do you think you'd be able to leave for the G7? That's my plan as it stands now. Do you think you'll be able to leave for the G7? Of all the questions to ask Joe Biden on a Sunday, on Mother's Day, hey, Wednesday, do you think you'll be able to get on a plane and fly to Japan and fly to Australia? Like, what does that have to do with the top thousand things on the minds of the American voter? Did it occur to any of these acolytes. You know, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says there are over 150 suspicious activity reports. Hey, Mr. President, can you explain why your grandchildren got 
multiple thousand-dollar deposits in their bank accounts from Romania, Ukraine, China, and Russia? Hey, Mr. President, could you explain why you, your brother, your son are part of an array, a labyrinth of 20 or more offshore LLCs? No. Instead, we get, you think you'll be able to leave on time Wednesday for the G7? And yet, there was one dumber question. Was it a nice Mother's Day? It was. <laughs> what did you do for the First Lady? Well, I, since she's not my mom, I got her her favorite thing, uh, an orchid on her, her wrist corsage. And my daughter came down. She's with us now, and she brought some things for her mom. Did you have a nice Mother's Day? You've got two and a half, three minutes with the President of the United States. Did you have a nice Mother's Day? Amazing. I told you Jeff Mason of Reuters is a bootlick. How how are you going to try you again on debt ceiling? How do you feel about the Republicans in terms of... Look, I... He can't even ask a question. I'm going to try you again on the debt ceiling. How do you feel about the Republicans? Uh, Oh, I realize I went into debt ceiling talk and the president may not want to talk about the debt ceiling while he's out riding his bike. So I'm just going to stop and let him talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Pathetic. Utterly, unrepentantly pathetic. That is the press corps we have covering this president. Why would you expect him? Why would you expect him to not want to run for president again? When you watch this man, tell me with any degree of genuine belief that he is the person making all the decisions about the major things going on in our country and in our world. There is no possible way. He can barely stammer out a sentence. And that's bad, but what's worse is not knowing who's really in charge, because he's not in charge. There is no way he is in charge. And yet, if I had to bet right now, I would not bet against him being in charge again. Imagine him in two years. And he's going to be the president beyond that. If the Democrats get their way and the fact of the matter is we are so polarized in our country, we are so polarized that we have confirmation today from the John Durham report that the people in charge of our most prestigious, most quote unquote professional and most necessary law enforcement agency in the country undeniably interfered in a presidential election, undeniably did everything they could, like true Democrats, to undermine a duly elected United States president. And half the country is not talking about it. Half the country says nothing happened. More than half the media outlets are completely ignoring it or disparaging it. That is the country we live in. And because of that, we can pretty much right now put our finger on the states that we know will vote for Joe Biden, or the dead person, the cadaver masquerading as Joe Biden, when he runs for president in 2024. The only way he will not run for president in 2024 is if they cannot electroshock him back to life should his heart give out.
That is the only way he will not be running for president in 2024. Or unless he has some major episode and it happens on a live television camera, because if it happens when nobody is filming him, I don't put it past them to try to keep it a secret. Yes, I know that sounds conspiratorial, but you know what? I just read the Durham report and I know what they're capable of. So we already know what state, we know New York's going to vote for the Democrat. We know California's going to vote for the Democrat. We can tell, you know, chapter and verse, it's going to come down to Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. It's going to come down to those six. Now, probably Michigan or Pennsylvania, one of the two has left the building because they both have Democratic governors and they both cheated so often to give their state's electoral votes to the Democrat that it is probably a fallacy for me to expect them to be undecided. For Donald Trump to win, he lost Georgia, he lost Nevada, he lost Arizona, he lost Wisconsin, he lost Pennsylvania, he lost Michigan. In order to win... If you throw out Michigan or Pennsylvania, just say five states, he's likely got to win three of those five. Three of those five. Now, I know Biden is addled. I know Biden's a mush brain. I know the economy is in tatters. I know that we have no respect on the international scale. I know our southern border is a mess, but I also know how it's being reported. And I know that a lot of, not a lot of people are savvy consumers of truth like you are listening to this show. And so as bad as Biden is, as deeply as he is corrupt, as invested in rigging a presidential election as the people in power in government are, do you feel good about the chances of Donald Trump winning three of those five states? I think that's a very, very, very hard sell. But there is reason to be hopeful, and I will share that reason with you next. All right, so I watched all the Durham coverage last night. I worked myself into a tizzy over it. I thought a lot about my father, who served... Uh, in World War II, and I thought to myself that I'm glad my father did not live to see the country that he fought for become the country that it is. It's not America anymore. I'm not saying it's unfixable. I'm not even saying that it's uh, a country that's not the best country still going. But it's not what it was, and it's not what it was designed to be. And that troubles me because uh, my father gave several years of his life to fighting for the country, and I take seriously the things that he taught me. Raise a close family. Raise your children to understand that there's nothing they can do to attain eternal life, nothing they can do in their own strength. Uh, it is all what Christ did for them at the cross and that they follow the law of God out of gratitude for what he did for them. Those are the values I've tried to instill in them. 
Thankfully, we have uh, kids who've not rebelled against that. I have a phenomenal wife. Life is good. But when I think about the kind of country they'll grow up in, I get concerned. Because right now, uh, we can go to church on a Sunday morning uh, without any uh, fear of being persecuted. I'm not sure that'll always be the case. I look around our government. I look around our schools. And I see truth being disparaged and attacked. A friend of mine sent me pictures today of a teacher in the Olentangy school system. Uh, The teacher's name is Tyler Williams. Tyler is pictured wearing a skirt and rainbow socks. Tyler is a man. He has draped all four walls of his classroom with pride flags, transsexual flags, pansexual flags, and the school refuses to remove them. The new superintendent, Todd Meyer of Olentangy Schools, will not remove them. This is what's going on in your public schools. So I started my day in Proverbs, and I felt the um, calling to jump into uh, Second Peter, because of all the Bible characters, I'm most like Peter, because I'm hard-headed. Reading in Proverbs today, I came across a couple verses that resonated with me. Verse 4, the Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked, for a day of disaster. Verse 5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. And a verse that I have underlined and often draw upon, There is. this is verse 25, Proverbs 16. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Yeah, there are a lot of ways that seem right to the people in power right now. And sadly, I know where that leads. It does not lead to what they think it will lead to. And then I thought about power. And I was thinking about, could there be a clearer demonstration of power in our country than the people in power using that power to stay in power and gain more power? The people in power, law enforcement, the White House, the Senate, other places, use their power, use their influence through different methods of regulating the election, impacting the election, investigating their political enemies, and they're still doing it, all in an attempt to preserve and grow their power. And I thought about how antithetical that is to the way we're called to live as evangelical Christians. Uh, Jesus came to earth, fully God, fully man. Uh, There is a verse that says, he did not grasp, he did not view, rather, equality with God as something to be grasped, but humbled himself to become a servant, to die on a cross on our behalf. And his power was demonstrated by being raised from the dead. He showed his power over death, which is the ultimate power. And that's available to all of us. 
And then I came across this John MacArthur clip that for whatever reason, maybe because I needed to see it, is circulating on social media this morning. Every time I see John MacArthur's name circulating on social media, I get nervous because Pastor MacArthur is uh, up there in age, and I'm always afraid I'm going to read about him passing away. But in this instance... Oh, guess what? Oh, here's, a, here's the clip. I'll just play it for you. Here's Pastor John MacArthur. I know not exactly when, but I know the message is uh, important. Oh, guess what? We don't win down here. We lose. You ready for that? Oh, you were a post-millennialist. You thought we were just going to go waltzing into the kingdom as you took over the world. No. We lose here. Get it. They killed Jesus. They killed all the apostles. We're all going to be persecuted. If any man come after me, let him, what, deny himself, garbage of prosperity gospel. No, we don't win down here. Are you ready for that? Just to clear the air, I love this clarity. We don't win. We lose on this battlefield, but we win on the big one, the eternal one. So I know you may say, well, where's the encouragement in that? The encouragement in that is that the outcome is fixed. And the side that triumphs is unshakable. And so the way to show that you are grateful for that eventuality is to, in the face of that persecution, in the face of the lawlessness by our administration and the people in power, in law enforcement, in the FBI, in the DOJ, in the media, the way to show your gratitude for the fact that eventually, someday, you'll be delivered from that is to, in the moment, shine light into darkness. Shine light into the darkness. You do not have the option to hide and be comfortable. I mean, you have the option But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to stand for truth. Paul says it in Ephesians 6. Stand. Outfit yourself with the armor of God, but stand for truth. I was driving around last night. I was listening to, I just flipped on the uh, Brandon Tatum, Officer Tatum show. And I was like, man, he's like preaching the word. So it's not great with the DOJ and the FBI doing what it's doing. But as long as Brandon Tatum can do that on a national radio show, as long as I can do it on a local radio show, as long as John MacArthur can do it and circulate that word all over the world, you have the opportunity to do the same in whatever corner of the world, whatever platform God gives you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.